Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews Podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews, author interviews and book reviews. Well, today is a variety pack. I've tried to include different types of books so that there is something that takes your fancy. And I've got an interview with Araminta Hall, who has written the very popular book called One of the Good Guys. More on that later. But let me update you because it's that time of year again. Who would believe? Yes, it's pantomime time. We are about halfway through rehearsals. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those times. It's very odd where you just are filled with the panic that the end is in sight and that you're not quite there yet. That There are many rehearsals still required. This year we're doing Peter Pan and I play the part of Mrs. Big Chief. I'm not on that much, which is absolutely fine. Not too many lines to learn, thank goodness. But I spend most of my time either furious with people or slightly infatuated with Peter Pan. Quite worrying, really. The worrying thing is normally kids are on. There's just a few kids involved. They have a couple of lines, all fine. This year it's kid heavy. They, they've, there are lots of kids involved and they've got big parts. And what's really worrying is that they are pretty good. In fact, they're very, very good. So I'm just thinking next year is going to be adults, you're out, or the kids are doing it because they are, they're alarmingly good. It's really quite disappointing. I did buy some sugar heavy snacks at the interval yesterday in the hope that that was sort of throw them off their their strong approach but it didn't at all it just seemed to add to their performance so that's quite alarming we've got that the first performance is oh, i don't know in not many weeks but we're told that the final performance and i have this on very good authority sold out faster than coldplay so i'm i'm taking that as a win i think i need to get that made on a t-shirt really it's all very exciting but anyway enough about me let's get on to books and the first book is One of the Good Guys by Araminta Hall. Then I'm also going to talk to you about The Exhibitionist by Charlotte Mendelssohn. I listened to that as an audiobook. Then we've got The Stranger in Her House by John Mars. And then finally, A Guest in the House by Emily Carroll. You might think two books about houses, that, that they're going to be very similar. Trust me, they are not. Very different indeed. But let's get straight in 
to one of the good guys by Araminta Hall. Let me tell you a little bit about this book. Cole is the perfect husband, a romantic, supportive of his wife's career, keen to be a hands-on dad, not a big drinker, a good guy. So when his wife leaves him, he's flawed. She was lucky to be with a man like him. Craving solitude, he accepts a job on the coast and quickly settles into his new life. Then he meets reclusive artist Lenny, and though she is quite different from the woman he'd expected, he believes he's finally found a soulmate. But as their relationship develops, two young women go missing while on a walk protesting gendered violence, right by where Cole and Lenny live. Finding themselves at the heart of a police investigation and media frenzy, Cole soon realises they don't know each other very well at all. Now make no mistake, this is not your average psychological thriller. You know me in psychological thrillers, I don't tend to get on with them very well. This is a brilliant book. I loved it. I thought it was different, thought-provoking and excellent. And let's talk to the author now. It is my huge pleasure to welcome to the podcast today Araminta Hall, who has written the book that everybody is talking about. So it's very good to have you on. And the book is called One of the Good Guys. Araminta, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. As I say, everyone is talking about this book. I've seen it with sprayed edges. I've seen it everywhere and everyone is loving it. And I loved it. So it's good to talk to you. But in case people haven't read it, can you give us a bit of a summary of this book? I can't. I mean, as as I've learned over the past few weeks of promotion, it is a very hard book to summarise because as you've read it, you will know that the twist is sort of the point of the book. So it's, I really can't give too much away, but very briefly, it is the story of Cole, who has moved to a remote stretch of the south coast of England to sort of try to recover from the breakdown of his marriage. And he's really brokenhearted and he really can't understand what went wrong because he is to all intents and purposes. He's a good guy. He's he's he he's the sort of guy that he imagines women would want to be married to. And on paper he definitely is. He's not a heavy drinker. He's supportive. He really wants kids. He's hands on domestically, all those things. So he's really confused as well as being heartbroken. Um, and once he gets there, he meets this woman called Leonora, who's living, she's an artist, and she's living in this tumble-down cottage right on the edge of these treacherous cliffs, which are eroding. And meanwhile, there are two young women are doing a coast-to-coast charity walk. And they are sort of getting closer and closer to where Cole and Lenny live. And when they reach them... They camp one night and then they just like disappear without a trace. And as happens when a certain type of woman disappears without a trace, the media like completely takes the story on. And the longer they stay missing, the more the frenzy builds. And for me, it's a book where I started reading it and thought, oh, I know what what this is about. I know the make of these people. And then partway through, I thought, okay, no, I was wrong. But now I've really got it. And now I really know and then that kept happening. It's Was that sort of a deliberate aim? Again, no spoilers, but was that a concept of the reader yeah. guessing? I mean, absolutely. I mean, some people have said they felt gaslit by the actual book. And I sort of, I, I, think, I, I think that's a fair comment, actually, because I was, what I thought I wanted, what I decided to do at the beginning was sort of to take traditional thriller tropes like a new man moving into an area 
a really remote, scary setting, two young women going vanishing. And I just thought, I'd quite like to set it up almost like you're feeling like you're reading a traditional thriller and then to sort of turn everything on its head, which I think I've done from the reactions. But mm. obviously I can't say, we, we can't talk about what, how that happened. But yeah, I was really interested in the idea. I mean, because a lot of how this book is, in, it, a lot of my thought patterns of this book are how we talk about missing women in society and what we get out of it and the whole true crime phenomenon of almost making dead and missing women into entertainment and I so I was really interested to look at that but I think to look at it I almost had to put a very traditional setup in place at the beginning and you use all different sorts of media as well throughout it yes the main story but there are articles online all sort of different interactions again was that something that you knew you were going to do, but or, or was it as the story evolved, it just took a, a life of its own? I feel like I always, and I probably didn't from the very beginning know that I was going to do that, but it was always something. I mean, it definitely evolved in the amount of. In fact, my editor in the UK, in the in America, said to me at one point, "If you're going to do this, you have to be really brave, and you have to sort of almost tell part of the story that way." which was really good advice because I was really keen to have social media in there because I think it's a place where we misogyny really flourishes in social media. It's a place that we people people don't seem scared to be sort of old-fashionedly, incredibly sexist and actually more than social media, uh, actually dangerously horrible and threatening and all those things. So I really did want to include that because I think it's, Sadly, I think we live in a world now that is people know what they should say. But I think sadly, obviously, a lot of people still think nasty thoughts. And I think that that's where they express them is social media, because they can be anonymous or they can be part of a group where everybody agrees with you. So it always felt really important to me to have that element in the novel. And for me, there are some books that strike me as being ideal ones for book clubs. And I think yours certainly falls in that category because it's one that people have views about and really want to talk about the themes and, and all that comes up. Yes, I agree. I mean, because I think that it's there's a lot of grey areas in this book, which I think is true of life in general. And I think that it's not a book where you were to be like, that's definitely the right thing to have done, or that's definitely the wrong thing, or it, it's not. So I think that, and I do, I agree. I think that the basic theme behind the novel is if most men claim to be good, then why are most men, women still afraid to walk home alone at night? Mm. And that is the sort of essential theme of the novel is like, we can have as much, me too, we can have as much equality, we have as much law change as we like and that is obviously good but until women feel safe on our streets we're not going to be equal and for for some women of course that extends to their homes and or their workplaces or so I think that I, I I just think it's such a fundamental part of the sort of feminism debate for want of a better word it is that this idea of safety and like feeling safe is such a fundamental human right which so few people have and that's 
not just down to gender. Obviously, that can be sexuality, religion, race. There are millions of ways in which you don't feel safe in the world. And I think we have to talk about it. Like, why does a very small section of society have the safety? And what what happens to the rest of us who are constantly having to think about the way we are just in our everyday lives? So yeah, that's. I feel like it's probably quite a potent topic, and I also feel like the majority of book clubs are um, are populated by women. I feel like women will tell stories. That's what women have since I've written this book, and obviously I've always talked about things with my friends. But a lot of people have told me their story, which is really cathartic because we all have multiple stories of feeling unsafe or being made to feel unsafe, and for some people that has resulted in terrible crimes and in some people it's just a day-to-day just niggly feeling in the back of your head and I think there's something really powerful in women coming together and telling their story so I hope that this book does that. Yes quite you mentioned that word cathartic as well for people telling you their stories was it a book that was cathartic for you to write because you could address these issues or actually did it make you almost even more cross because you're having to live these issues even more well yeah interesting it's something that I've been thinking about a lot I might I I I sort of I I do I say this I've said this before that I think that writers have a theme that follows them through their body of work and I think you can look at most writers and see like oh they're concerned with xyz and for me, I'm, I've always been concerned by gender politics and I've always been distressed by how little voice women have in the world and, and, and how we're often ignored and our experiences are not listened to. And something I've been thinking about for a really long time. But what was really cathartic about this book is I feel like all my ideas, they found a place and I found like, okay, this is what I've been trying to say for quite a long time. And I think because... Me Too has happened. It sort of has also coalesced my thinking as such. So, and made me, and made me question why this huge, great, big change happened. And yet our everyday lives sort of just feel exactly as they always have done. And I, so I feel like this was sort of the, yeah, this book was cathartic because it felt like I actually managed to say the things I wanted to say. And also I found a story that, I feel was it was was it was a good vehicle for telling it, but I also feel like you could read this book and just have a, a, a you just could read it as a as a straight thriller and be entertained. So it was it was it was it was yeah it was it was it was a nice book to write actually. Frustrating at times, but nice. <laughs> well, let's have you read us a little bit of the book if you don't mind. You're you're going to read us not from the very first page, which is actually an entry on Facebook but Mm -hmm. from the main first chapter. That's right. Okay. I moved to get away, which is probably the reason anyone makes a significant life change. And my need to get away wasn't particularly special either. Very simply, I was trying to outrun the pain that had engulfed me since my marriage fell apart and my heart felt like it had been removed from my body and on, so it was nothing more than a few interconnected tissues. My new home was on a remote stretch of coast in the south of England, and it's no exaggeration to say that I felt an almost instant sensation of calm when I stepped out of my rental van on that first day in early October. The air still warm with the last of the summer, golden sun lingering in the fields and birds chirping in the branches overhead. 
I stretched my arms out wide and gulped down a few deep breaths, imagining the air's passage through my blood like I'd learnt when online yoga sessions had been the only thing to get me out of bed in the morning. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. The title, One of the Good Guys, was it always going to be called that book? I, 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 yes. I mean, it was, it wasn't always, but it very early on, I, I came up with that title and I, titles are something I find incredibly hard. And as soon as this one came to me, it was such a lovely feeling. And I sent it to my agent and she was like, yeah, that's definitely the title. And no editor ever questioned it. I mean, because normally there's a lot of back and forth about titles, but that, yeah, this is, this is my first book where, Firstly, I came up with the title on my own. And secondly, no one has 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 asked me to change it. So it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Hopefully starting a precedence there. You never yeah. you never know. I found it was a book that I couldn't easily forget, that it did sort of linger with me. Was it the same for you having written it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think because it doesn't have an easy answer, the questions that I'm posing. I mean, the, the the novel itself has a has an answer and a conclusion and you're you're not left in any doubt as to what happened at the end of the book from a story point of view but I think like we would like we're talking about this idea that until women feel safe just every day safe and wouldn't it be lovely if we could go for a run in the dark because it's winter a lot in the UK things like mm. that they don't have easy answers so I think that's why it is staying with people. And I think that's why people want to talk about it. And yes, it's, these questions go around in my head a lot. And I've thought about them a lot. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it feels like we are going to have to sort of collectively come together more to answer them, which is sort of exciting, but also scary because they might not get answered. <laughs> I really enjoyed this book and I'm ashamed to say I haven't read your other book. So my next question is, where do I go next? Which one of your books should I pick up immediately? Well, I think uh, I wrote a book called Our Kind of Cruelty about three books ago, which is about, it's written solely from the point of view of a man. And it's a, a completely different story to this, but he's, he's, he's quite a dangerous, deluded man. And he is obsessed with his ex-girlfriend. And he thinks that they are, they, he thinks they're playing this game together where she actually wants him to, he actually, actually wants him back, but she's making it really hard for him. And I was trying to end in a sort of a tragedy and then that it becomes a court case and stuff. And I was trying, I was, when I wrote that, I was very much thinking about how women's experiences and voices aren't listened to but I think I mean so but I it wasn't I think people were much more confused by that book because a lot of people did feel sorry for the protagonist and a lot of people did feel angry with the woman because I hadn't actually given her a voice so we hadn't heard her experience and um, but I think it's an interesting book if you like one of the good guys I think it's an interesting book to look at now because I feel like it was almost me working out what I wanted to say in one of the good uh. Yeah. But a book I love of mine is called Imperfect Women, which is about three women who've been friends forever. And one of them dies right at the beginning of the book. And they are, there's a mystery involved in the death, but it's also about like them trying to work out like how they've got to the places they are in life and why the expectation of who they were hasn't matched, who they thought they were going to be when they were young hasn't matched with who they are in their sort of mid 40s. So 
So, yeah, I mean, all my, my books always do tackle sort of gender politics themes. So I guess any of them you could. <laughs> Fantastic. What's it been like publishing this book? Because there's been so much attention on it. Has it just, uh, is each publication the same or has this one been different to the others? Oh, no, this one's definitely been different. I mean, one of the good guys feels different in that people sort of unanimously have felt the same thing from it. The amazing thing has been like everybody's read it in the way that I actually wrote it, which is such an incredible thing for a writer. You don't, you don't often find that, you, which is fine as well, because obviously once you put a book out there, how people interpret it is totally up to them. There isn't a right or wrong. But it's so, it's incredible to hear people saying the things that I was thinking when I was writing. And it, so it feels really, it feels great. And also, I love the way how nobody has guessed the twist. I haven't yet had a message of anyone saying, I guessed the twist. So that's always really satisfying. And as a reader, because when you've worked it out uh, at the beginning, or you think that's what it is, yeah. it's, it's never quite the same. I was trying to think, though, if I could only have one word to describe this book... What word would it be? What word would... I, I mean, for me, it was voices or rage, but I didn't know if that... Yeah. What you would... I mean, I suppose... Oh, my goodness, I haven't been asked this question yet. That's, that's, I mean, I think it's quite a surprising book. I think people are surprised, A, by... think. I think it's making people think about things that they sort of have been thinking about. But, you know, sometimes it takes, like, a book or a... TV show or something to make you actually articulate what you were thinking. But also, I think it is an actually surprising book in that, I, I like I said, like I haven't yet had anyone say they guessed the twist and most people are really surprised by it. So yeah, maybe. But I mean, it is also, there is also sort of rage in it, definitely. And um, But yeah, maybe surprising. I'd go, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Can I ask what's next? Have you have you got anything in the pipeline? I, yeah, I mean, I finished this book a year ago or more than a year ago. So yeah, I'm contracted to write another and I'm sort of in the midst of it at the moment. And yes, it's a book about sort of memory and privilege and how there are certain people at the top of society who sort of seem to get everything and the rest of us have, mm -hmm. to, have to sort of scrabble around for scraps. So, yeah, but obviously wrapped up in a thriller again. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we look forward to that. Well, we come to the final question, Araminta, which is the crucial one on this podcast. So please prepare yourself. And Thank it you. is, what is your biscuit of choice? What biscuit powered the writing of one of the good guys? Oh, you see, I mean, I, lots of people disagree with me on this, but it's a bourbon. I love bourbon. Oh, <laughs> Have you ever tried any other biscuits? I mean, have you been able to compare them? <laughs> I feel like I'm quite a connoisseur of biscuits, yeah. And I mean, that, I'm not exclusively, but if I if I could only have one biscuit again, it would be that. I don't know. This, I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a bit of a sort of old school choice, really, isn't it? <laughs> like there are so many more fancy biscuits around. I do love a bourbon. Well, if it produces a book like this, then we'll celebrate a bourbon for you. <laughs> well, it's just lovely to talk to you and hear more about one of the good guys. Araminta Hall, thank you so much. Thank you. Coming up, book reviews. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So let's get stuck in straight away to The Exhibitionist by Charlotte Mendelssohn. As I mentioned to you earlier, I listened to this as an audio book. I thought it was a brilliant book, but gosh, it got me cross, which I suppose is a mark of a brilliant book. But anyway, let me tell you a little bit about it. Meet the Hanrahan family, Ray, the father, acclaimed artist and notorious narcissist who is obsessed with his own reputation. Lucia, his long-suffering wife, a lauded sculptor yet terrified of what recognition could bring, and she has a secret of her own which could tear the family apart. Leah, the eldest daughter, devoted to her father and convinced of his genius. Patrick, Lucia's sensitive son, who has finally decided to strike out by himself. Jess, the youngest daughter, insecure and facing a daunting decision. They gather for a momentous weekend, the first exhibition of Ray's artwork in many decades. Each member of the family must finally make a choice. And when they do, once tensions have boiled over and the guests have departed, what will be left of the Hanrahans? This book is, the audiobook is narrated by Juliet Stevenson. And I'm a huge fan of the books that she narrates. So I was in straight away. It's a brilliant book and beautiful and splendid. It's one of those where not much happens and yet so, so much happens. It's a book of emotions. I was so angry with some of the characters. The women, I mean, the men, yeah, the, well, some of the men wound me up actually as well. Oh, I was just almost shouting at them to just pull yourself together and do what I tell you to do. That's the wrong thing completely, isn't it? 
I enjoyed it. It's a, an emotional read. The way it's narrated is spot on, brilliantly written. I definitely read more of Charlotte's books, but gosh, very, very angry. But that's not a reason not to read the book or listen to it. You do. And let me know if you felt as angry as I did, because it was brilliant for that. Anyway, the next book is The Stranger in Her House by John Mars. Let me tell you a little bit about this book. Paul's just here to help, or so he claims, sent by a charity for vulnerable people to do odd jobs for elderly widow Gwen. But for Gwen's daughter, Connie, there's just something about Paul that rings alarm bells from day one. He's a little too kind, a little too involved. Worse still, Gwen seems to have fallen under his spell. There is actually more of that in the blurb, but just read the book. It has more twists and turns than the most twisty, turny roller coaster you could possibly come across. It's like going into one of those old fairground things where there's mirrors everywhere and you look in one mirror and think you see one thing and then it's different. It's almost exhausting in how many changes there are. And you, I mean, John Marr, I love his books. There's a dystopian coming out soon. I cannot wait to read that. I love John Mars's writing. It's never going to be a book where we all hold hands and skip into the sunshine. You know, that, that's not his writing. Um, it could always be a bit bleak. And he's very good at making you think you know where you are and you're not. Uh, so, yes, if you like books that aren't just twisty-turny, but adrenaline-fueled twists and turns, and so that by the end you're almost exhausted, have a look at The Stranger in Her House. And then finally, we come on to A Guest in the House by Emily Carroll. Now, this is a graphic novel. I've mentioned it briefly um, before on one of the short episodes before I started the interviews again. But I just wanted to talk to you a bit more about it because I'd seen it mentioned in the bookseller magazine I'd heard people talking about it and I really wanted to get a copy. And I did and I read it and I loved it. It's a very unsettling book. And for those people that say, oh, graphic novels are just for children. No, they're not. Read this. Do not let a child read this. Let me tell you a bit about it. Abby is settling into her married life, making coffee, cooking for her husband, David, and her stepdaughter, Crystal spending evenings curled up together in front of the TV. For a quiet woman, without many friends, she's proud of the life she has built and desperately wants to believe they will all be happy. But what really happened to Crystal's mother, the artist who no one speaks of? What secrets does their strange house by the water harbour? And what of Abby's old dreams and fears of Lady Grey, the knight and the dragons? It says it's a story of grief, ghosts, and the struggles to be true to oneself. Yeah, I thought this was incredible. It's a book that makes you feel uncomfortable. It's a book, as I mentioned last time, that by the end, I was so scared that I just couldn't. I When I let the dog out at night, I shut the door and just waited. Normally, I leave the door open for it to come straight back in, but I just shut the door, waited to hear a scratch, and then opened it, let it back in, and then locked it. You know, how many locks can I put, put on the door? It is absolutely brilliant. The drawings are great. The feelings that it evokes are great. 
really, really enjoyed it and definitely going to look up more. She did the book Through the Woods. So I think I'm going to get that one next. And as you may know, or you may not know, this year I'm trying not to buy printed books. Obviously, if I get sent them, that's lovely and I will read them very happily, but I'm trying not to buy any because I fear for the structure of our house. It is about to collapse. So this year, I am when I'm buying books, I'm getting them as an audiobook or on Kindle. So I'm going to get through the woods on the Kindle and read that and we'll report back to see what it's like reading a book on the Kindle. Very, very good. Excellent. Emily Carroll, thank you. Superb, superb. So those are your books. What have we had? We've had One of the Good Guys by Araminta Hall. We have had The Exhibitionist by Charlotte Mendelssohn. We've had A Stranger in Her House by John Mars and A Guest in the House by Emily Carroll. Those are your books. Hopefully quite a selection and at least one, if not all of them, will appeal. Some with huge twists and turns, others with just conveyed feelings of made me angry or made me scared. All sorts to go on. Anyway, I've waffled. I'll be back next week with another interview. Just can't wait to talk to you then. Just look after yourselves and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.